Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along on this Saturday morning where we like to talk about a current event, if we can, and how that relates to something going on in our biblical worldview, our understanding of our Christian faith. And my goodness, this week, did you see the presidents of Harvard, Penn, and MIT in the congressional testimony they gave before the congressional uh, uh, committee in Washington, D.C., investigating anti-Semitism. You may have been shocked. I sometimes think, can I even be shocked any more than I already have been? I've seen it all, but I found this testimony to be shocking. Their, Their video has gone viral. I hope that you check it out, but I'd like to comment on it. Because education is at the heart of so much of what we as a nation need and believe in. Everyone wants to be well-educated. We live in the information age. Information is readily available to us. Our universities have often been thought of as the key to success in life, the key to getting ahead, the key to living a, a successful life. You've got to have a good education. And three of the best universities in America— with, at least with the highest reputation, some of the some that were some of the very first ones to be founded, Harvard, founded to train ministers, MIT, a technology university, and uh, Penn, which was by the way the only Ivy League school that was not founded to train by a church to train uh, pastors to train ministers of the gospel. Penn was the only one, shall we say, that was founded on a secular basis. And these and uh, and the Ivy League, and of these three university presidents, oh my goodness, when they spoke about anti-Semitism, their lack of moral clarity, their moral confusion, they obviously were coached to be very very careful what they said, and it was shocking. Here was the question they were asked that went viral. Although the whole testimony is worth watching, they were asked this question by Representative Elise Stefanik of New York. She says, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate your policy on bullying and harassment? Pretty simple question, isn't it? Does calling for the genocide of Jews, calling for all Jews to be killed, does that violate your policies on harassment and bullying? Are you allowed to say that at your university and it's okay? Their answers were shocking. Their answers basically uh, well thought out, well re- rehearsed, and repeated over and again when they were asked over and over and given a chance to change their answers. Their answers basically went, it depends on the context. It depends on whether it was pervasive. It depends on, was it said to an individual or was it said publicly to a group? Oh, my goodness. Shocking to hear women who are pre- these three women who are presidents of our, some of our most prestigious universities, who are not dumb women. They are not dumb people. Their answers were well thought out. Their answers were well coached. Claiming that to, to call for the genocide, the death of all Jews, is not bullying, is not harassment, does not violate their policies at their university on this. Now, the shocking thing about this is, <clears throat> at their universities, you can be expelled for harassing a woman, 
for being uh, saying something harassing towards a woman. You can be expelled for saying something negative racially, using certain racial words. You can be denied admittance because your Facebook page from years earlier had a racial slur on it. You can be denied entrance because you, uh, you, you mocked someone for their weight. You shamed them because they were overweight. These are policies that these universities have that deny admission, that call you to be censured, potentially expelled if you criticize someone for their religion, criticize someone for their, their, uh, uh, their, their race, etc. Say something derogatory about someone on these bases. But to call for the death of all Jews, they could not say this is wrong. They could not take a stand. Well, this has created quite a backlash. <clears throat> My guess is all three of these presidents are going to be fired here within the next few days. Uh, the University of Pennsylvania, one of their donors, withdrew a $100 million donation to the university. $100 million was withdrawn because of, the, of this testimony. Others have been draw, withdrawing donations. Millions of dollars are, are being taken out of the university. Donors are demanding their money back or refusing to donate in the future. It's hurting them in their wallet. And so obviously these professors are backtracking or these presidents are backtracking. They're saying, you know, they want you to understand that they don't, they're not against the genocide of Jews. They don't believe in it. They find it. They, they use again, the same words, abhorrent. They've been well coached on what to say and what not to say. The, why do they need such coaching? Why, they, why do they need to backtrack? Why can they not just have said that this was wrong, this is evil? And yes, if there were people marching through our campus, as there have been in the last two months, calling for genocide, calling for intentfada, uh, and, and, and actually attacks upon Jewish students surrounding in Pennsylvania, near the campus there, surrounding a Jewish restaurant, uh, a mob of people demanding it be shut down. Why can they not, in light of what happened in, a, in Germany just 80 years ago, why can this not be roundly condemned? And there's a reason and people ask, and I'll tell you the reason here in just one moment, but the reason uh, they're backtracking now, is it because of the money? Maybe. Is it because they're going to get fired? Maybe. Is it because they're losing donations? Maybe. Is it that they're waking up to something? That's what we should pray for. But how could they say it in the first place? How could you lack such moral clarity? How could you lack such understanding that, yes, calling for the genocide of a group of people, the Jews, is wrong and it won't be tolerated. How could that be? Well, the problem is these women were woke. Our universities are woke. And this is a term I want to talk about here for just a moment because what does this word woke mean? It goes by other terms that we use. Cultural Marxism is what many of us on the, on, on the right of center call it. Critical theory is what those who are on the left of center refer to it. And woke is just the term that that um, that everybody people throw around. What does it mean to be woke? It is a worldview that all of life is based on a power struggle between the oppressor groups and the oppressed groups. You are virtuous or you're a villain, depending on which group you belong to. Now, Karl Marx taught that this struggle between the oppressed and the oppressor was based on economics and what class economic class you, you belong to. 
Did you own, were you the owner or were you the laborer? But because that policy has so failed and Marxism has so failed with the fall of the Soviet Union in the late, in 1989, 1990, around that time, and all these Eastern Bloc countries, and even the communist uh, country of, of China has only been able to progress as they, as they have done away with communist economic, Marxist economic policies, and have embraced uh, free enterprise policies, to, to at least some degree in their economy. But Marxism lived on in our American universities. And they continued to teach Marxism in a cultural way. Now, you must understand that Karl Marx was an evil man. He was an atheist. He'd been raised to believe the Gospels. He knew the Gospels, but he rejected it. He became an atheist, and he was an evil, evil man. His policies have led to the murder, the destruction by governments, authoritarian governments of perhaps more people than any other cause in the history of the world. People tell me religion has killed more people. No, no. Communism has killed people. Marxism kills people. Marxism leads to authoritarian governments of people who authoritarian who say, we're in charge, we know the right thing, we're going to remake society and try and change human nature is what it comes down to. But Marxism lived on, and rather than have an economic Marxism, it became a cultural Marxism. It came, became based on groups. In other words, if you're part of an oppressed group, you are now virtuous and good, and you are destined to overthrow the oppressor and to gain power. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about, my friends. You've got to understand this. If you are part of the oppressed group, you are destined in the Marxist ideology to overthrow the oppressor and to gain power. Now, who are these oppressed groups? This is important to understand. The oppressed groups are the first one where, where woke really became was blacks are oppressed by whites. Well, we do have a history of blacks being oppressed by whites, but it went far beyond that. And by the way, what that what Marxism would say is if you are black, you are by nature virtuous. If you're white, you're by nature a villain. You are a white supremacist, whether you realize it or not. You have white privilege, whether you realize it or not. And if you don't realize it and become an anti-racist, then you are a white supremacist and a racist. This is the thinking of our, of, our, of our universities. If your goal is to be like Martin Luther King Jr., who simply said, uh, I, I long for a time when you're not judged by the color of your skin, but by the content of your character. That no longer goes, my friends. That's no longer okay. That's, that's anti-woke. Woke, uh, th they believe that failed. And now you are, either, if you're in a part of a group, and let's name the groups. If you're part of the group where you are white or heterosexual or male or Christian or American, these are the groups that are the oppressors in the woke ideology, the cultural Marxism. And if you happen to not be part of those groups, if you are not a person of color, if you're LGBT, if you are a person of a non-Christian religion, whether atheist, agnostic, Muslim, or some other minority religion here in America— if you're of, of another country besides the West, a country that has not been the colonizers and has been colonized, shall we say, that makes you virtuous to be part of that group. Do you see how evil this is? Do you see how the, the whole 
goal of rising up, of these groups rising up to overthrow, and for them it's all about power, how unchristian this is. In Christianity, of course, we're called to be humble and be servants. We're called to love all people. We're called to value uh, character above uh, unchangeable qualities like your skin color. We do look to judge people more by the content of their character than by the color of their skin or by the gender they happen to be uh, a part of or, or by the nationality of the country in which they were born in. The kingdom of God doesn't see the, all of life in view of this oppressor and oppressed idea, and it is not about a power struggle. This is the kingdom of the world, and yet we have lived so much in our country in which rather than have a power struggle, we have believed in freedom. Cultural Marxism is innately, it will always lead to tyranny. Our universities have become tyrannical against, if you're in the wrong group, you're on the outside, you're marginalized. I believe that what we have saw this week was a seminal moment in American history. I hope so, because our universities were exposed. Our major, our leading universities were exposed for what is what everyone saw. This cannot be right. What's the problem? How could they not have condemned anti-Semitism? It's simple, because they have placed Jews in the oppressor group, and the oppressor is always a villain and never a victim. Those the, it, in, in this current situation, Palestinians are victims no matter what they do, no matter how they act. Hamas, what they did uh, on October 7th, justified. Why? Because they're part of the victim group. Israel, the colonizer, the, the, the villain in the case. And that is why these presidents could not come out and state the obvious and condemn that what was going on. My friends, it was exposed. They were exposed. And let's hope that this that there's change. Not just anti-Semitism, it goes deeper than that. It's the wokeism. It is this worldview that puts everyone as one or the other, villain or or victim, or villain or victim. And this is what is wrong, and this is what will lead to tyranny, and this is so anti-American. And understand, Christian. You're in the group that they're coming after. Understand that. You're in the group that they're coming after. And I think of this quote by uh, Martin Niemöller from the time of Nazi Germany. Of course, he stood up against the Nazis, and he said this, First, they came for the socialist. And I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionist, and I didn't speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I didn't speak out because... I was not a Jew. And then they came for me, and there's no one left to speak out for me. I really believe this is a time to be speaking up. This is anti-Semitism. Uh, this is a time to speak up against what is being said and done and how they're being treated, uh, how this is being in our universities, in our cities, by many politicians. This is a time to speak up. But remember, it goes deeper. It is this cancel culture. It is this wokeism. It is this denial of freedom. It is the seeking to villainize anyone who has power that's, that is in a group you don't approve of. And my friends, it's very, very, very dangerous. It's very unchristian. Un it's very anti-freedom. It leads to tyranny. It must be spoken out against. I'm going to do it. I hope you do it. 
Check out the videos on uh, on these, this testimony with uh, Representative Stefanik uh, challenging them. It's only a few minutes long. It will shock you that these smart women, women leading, who obviously have risen up to lead some of our major universities, could say something so shockingly, morally abhorrent and could not condemn genocide, could not condemn in all cases. One said, if it leads to actions, it's wrong. What? It's okay to say it, but if it leads to action, you can't say anything else. You can't threaten someone else. You can't call someone names on these universities if they're an oppressed group, but it only becomes wrong if it actually becomes genocide. My goodness. What has happened? And they've been exposed. These universities have been exposed. And I pray, I pray that the deeper lesson will be learned. And it could be something that begins the turning around of our universities. These women have all come out now and and basically walked back their testimony. And again, I asked earlier, why? Is it because they're going to lose their jobs? Well, maybe, because they probably will. Is it because they're losing tens of millions of dollars in donations to the university? Maybe, because money speaks. But maybe they watched their own testimony and looked and said, boy, did I look stupid. How could I say that? How could I have not been able to condemn genocide against the Jews? And maybe, just maybe, some of these people are waking up and realizing that their wokeness, their cultural Marxism is, so, is wrong. It, does, it, it lacks common sense. It's obviously false. And maybe, maybe some of our universities could wake up and reject this poisonous ideology. I think we should pray about it. Let's do so. Father in heaven. We care about what our young people are being taught. We care about the worldview that they're being shown. We reject Marxism. It is evil. It is based on, on, on a, a rejection of you and everything taught what is good in your Bible. It takes Scripture and twists it. Father, I pray that we would have the moral clarity to reject these, these ideas, and we would see what's behind so many good-sounding ideas. I think of the term social justice. Who could be against that? And yet, Lord, what this Marxism that's behind it, this wokeism that's behind it, that that it rejects true Christian worldview and it substitutes it with an atheistic Marxism. I pray, Father, help us to have our eyes opened. Help us to be awake, even though we're not woke. I pray for these university presidents and our universities all over the land, Lord that this, this week might be a moment that causes them to reevaluate what they believe, what they teach, what they say, what they're teaching our young people. I pray it would be a time to open up their eyes that they would, they would truly become awake to, what, to the, the senselessness, the, the, the confusion that this has brought, the moral confusion this has brought upon them. And I thank you, Lord, for the many people who are withdrawing tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars in donations to these universities. I pray, Lord, this would bring them to their knees and humble them. They've become so proud, so arrogant in their, in their opposition to you and what you say to be good. I pray it would humble them, and I pray this would be a time to wake up. And I pray for a change in our universities, Lord. We're crying out. We've been praying, Father, for our education. We've been praying for our government, our culture, our society. Lord, I believe that, that this is an answer. This is a sign for good. You've shown us a sign for good. And I know the devil's not going to just roll over and give up. So I pray, Lord, take this on to a real victory 
in our universities, we pray, and we ask it in Jesus' holy name, and we give you praise, amen and amen. All right, folks. Well, a little bit more of a rant today than normal, but I, as you know, I'm in campus ministry, and I've been facing this for decades now and seeing it, and I've seen our campuses take a marked turn towards this ideology, and I'm seeing how it is poisoning the souls and the minds of young people towards the gospel and towards the Christian church. And so I pray. Well, you heard my prayer. I won't repeat myself. Thanks for joining me. I hope you will be with us regularly. We come here every day to get in the Word of God and to talk about it and how it affects our lives. So we'll be here tomorrow morning live, or you can watch anytime later in the day, or even listen to the podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms. God bless you. I love you, and we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Bye-bye.